Ultra. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one interesting conversation at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us today is our friend and uh, boss, I guess, um, <laughs> Scott Corelli. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, to talk about some uh, crazy used-to-be hobbits talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be a, the happiest Friday episode ever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it probably won't be the saddest. There's a little happiness. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about minute 100, woo, which starts with Gollum saying "precious," of course, and ends with Smeagol saying "I hate," and we'll find out what he says on Monday. <laughs> What does Smeagol hate? This is a really long minute. Or at least it felt like it when I was taking notes. Because I was just like, oh, when does the conversation... Oh, oh, it's still going. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, it's it goes on for a while. Um, I don't know. I... I I love this. Like I I just I love uh, I love Gollum. I mean I you know I requested this because it it's uh, reminiscent of you know a similar thing with the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn in uh, Spider Man, mm-hmm. um, which came out the same year, weirdly enough, but like six months earlier, which is even weirder. Uh, oh yeah, it beat it beat it it beat it to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> this was obviously shot before that, but. Um, right. But it did beat it to the theater. Uh, two two films with very similar scenes, uh, very in the same year. That's weird. It's real weird. That that all I mean that also happens in with Return of the King because pirates beat Return of the King to the theater and they had like an undead army walking underwater and Peter Jackson's like, God damn it! Now we got to cut that from Return of the King. <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> the ghost pirates look too similar to my ghost knights. <laughs> right. Although to be fair to Peter Jackson, his uh, their ghost pirates looked a lot like his ghosts in the Frighteners, which looked like his ghost soldiers in Return of the mm. King. So, really, it was him. He he did it first. He was ripping himself off. Um, That's funny. So you know, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, I mean that's fair, right? Yourself is fair game. That's okay. But is everyone it, would just think he was ripping off pirates. Yeah, is it imitation or flattery or just? Your your brand at that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, right? Because they don't look that similar from the ghosts we see in the in the dead marshes earlier in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I really like cinematically in this scene is that uh, at the beginning of it, we are like the camera is crossing. You know, we're watching the camera move from side to side as as he's switching between Gollum and Smeagol. Um, and I, and then as Smeagol is sort of taking control and making the decision that he doesn't, he doesn't much care for Gollum anymore. Uh, <laughs> it starts cutting back and forth to sort of show that they're not the same being anymore, you know, mm-hmm. um, just yeah. like cinematically, it's just, it's done really well. Uh, and I, 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 
I just I really like the way that this is edited together, especially considering, you know, this being like one of the first real motion capture things. I mean, Jar Jar had a little bit of that, but it was mostly <laughs> it was mostly reference stuff and not like not like what motion capture has become. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the start of all of that, which is uh, cool. Like, it's just cool how they I don't know, they played with. They weren't afraid to be cinematic when also reinventing the wheel as far as technology goes. Um, mm-hmm. That's you usually don't have both of those things, uh, so it's it's cool that they went for it here. That's what makes it work. Yeah, they really to this day. Yeah, know? they really leaned into it mm-hmm. hard. Like, and they kind of they kind of had to because the whole Gollum Smeagol relationship is across the, the this movie is leading to a moment like this and if you don't make it like visually unique and really stand out it's not going to be as memorable mm-hmm. and you have to do your best to make the effect look good which is it looks pretty good here it looks much better in the dark than it does in the light yeah yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. Looks a lot better with this blue filter over it. Yeah. Well, it looks better in, I will say it looks better in close-ups. When we get the wide shot of him later in the week, it's not so great. Um, mm. But again, but it's phenomenal for 2002. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, this was this was jaw-dropping in 2002. Uh, it. I mean, it doesn't look great now, but it's, you know, the performance of the character and everything are still stellar. Um, And it really kind of goes to show you that, like, if you're doing your best with the CGI, like even CGI that doesn't age particularly well, if it was your best at the time, it still sort of holds up, you know, like even, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that we talk about practical effects, everyone loves practical effects more than uh, CGI. But um, I don't know, like like when CGI is good, like it still holds up even if even if the technology has passed that point now, you know? Right. Like people always bring up, um, what, what's the guy's name? Um, Dobby. The guy that made the old, uh, clash of the Titans. movie. Oh. People always talk about that. And like Harryhausen, Harryhausen. And like, are those special effects really all that great compared to anything now? Well, no, but at the time it was kind of incredible. So people still hold it in reverence. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's what that's why everybody loves Gollum still to this day um, and talks about how great the special effects for Gollum is. And it's the sort of thing where when you're watching it and it's in front of you, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that didn't really hold up as well. But when you're just thinking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. It still holds up to this day, you know, mm-hmm. because in your memory, it's it's incredible. It's it's like he's a real living creature. Um, and then when you're w- actually watching the movie, it's like, oh, yeah, this has dated itself, hasn't it? Uh, but it works so well that it your memory of it surpasses the actual technology. And that just goes to show you that they focused on the right things. They focused yeah. on performance and things like that. And that's because that's the stuff that's going to stay in your memory, not how good the CG is. Right. And I mean, hey, without this, we wouldn't have gotten uh, Caesar in those Planet of the Apes movies. Exactly. Oh, man. It's crazy to me that they originally cast Andy Serkis as just, like, a voice actor. Like, to just read the lines and, like, not do any of these performances. And, like, yes, they, they like, reanimated his face, but they used a lot of his his um, 
the takes of his his facial expressions for these shots. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. It just kind of blows my mind that they're just like, oh yeah, we need a voice actor. We need this guy, Andy Circus. Right, and then they <laughs> hired him because he was so physical in his audition tape. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, he made. Uh, I, I mean, this is an iconic voice. Like this is. You know, one of those iconic performances up there with like Heath Ledger's Joker, you know, mm-hmm. um, and God help us Borat and Austin Powers, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's up there. It's it's instantly you can do the voice and every like everyone's got a golem, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just become part of public consciousness. Right. Right. It's really cool. And I mean, and. So many things parodied this scene after this movie came out. Oh, yeah. It was, like, everywhere. And, I mean, they had Andy Serk. They had, like, a digital golem at the MTV Movie Awards this year, and they did a bit with it. (laughs) This year? Like, no, not this. The year that this movie came out. Right. Yeah, the two two big things that were, like, came out of this year pop culture-wise were literally Gollum and the upside-down Spider-Man kiss. Like, those were the Mm -hmm. two things that were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, everyone parodied them. Yeah. Like, they were on, they were in, like, music videos, in cartoons, just in primetime TV, SNL, like, they did yeah. all, it was everywhere. Yeah. Like, in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And it's crazy, like, how iconic this scene is, but not only just because of the special effects or like the performance, but just the the simplicity of the dialogue. I think mm-hmm. because when every time I watch this scene, even if I haven't seen it in a while, I know exactly what he's going to say, when he's going to say it, and how he's going to say it. Yeah, and I'm like mouthing along <laughs> with the TV. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I when I was watching the minute uh, earlier to uh, like sort of refresh myself on these on these minutes and and the scene I was uh, watching this and I just I just realized that like you know I I I will use the the nope like <laughs> I think that's I just I don't think I'd ever I I just like completely forgotten that it was Gollum that I was quoting because I'd done, been doing it for so long. <laughs> That I'd forgotten its origin and I mean, watching that, it like, here, I was just like, oh man, I do that constantly. I love, I love that the, quote, the way the, he like, says the it. The shy smile and the yeah. shaking head. No, nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Just like, just abject denial. Like, nope, nope, not happening. Nope. Um, and then, you know, of course there's the, there's the, there's the mental illness of it all. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the sad part of this, the, the depression and yeah, the bad stuff. Uh, it's, and it's so real. Is this scene in the book at all? Or is this something that they just sort of wrote for the movie to sort of get you in his head a little bit more? This, I think they... Because Gollum's character in the book is not entirely fleshed out. So I'm pretty sure this... Because this is written by Fran, right? Uh, I think so. I think this is written by, by Fran. And, Fran and Philippa did most of this. Yeah. So I think that they... Like, their pet project Fran directed was, this. Oh, nice. Their oh. pet project was um, making Gollum into more of a... 
a character and like the the break between Gollum and Smeagol. So I'm yeah. pretty sure this is movie only. It might have roots in the book, but I'm pretty sure this is just like 100% like, what? let's make Gollum relatable. <laughs> I mean, let's give I, him like a totally split personality. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it I think it has to be because there's no way this isn't a depression allegory. And as we all know, mm. Tolkien hates allegories. <laughs> so this was definitely not in the book. <laughs> right. They they talk about, uh, in, in the commentaries, uh, Fran and Phil was talking about the way that they wrote Gollum and Smeagol is like Gollum is first and foremost a protector of Smeagol, but he also became so corrupted and in control that Smeagol is just an abused, unsure part of his personality that's just been suppressed. So mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. It is really sad. And like, you know, as we get to know Smeagol, in the in the rest of this week, it's even sadder because of what he's become. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just oh man, like we don't even we're we're not even supposed to know that he's a hobbit yet, right? Like we don't we're not technically supposed to find that out until uh, Frodo says to that to him earlier in this movie. Oh oh okay. So you are you are not so different from a hobbit once. Oh okay yeah. okay. And then that's when he names him. He calls him Smeagol for the first time. And then that's when the break starts happening. Yeah. It's just like oh. Oh, His right. eyes okay. literally brighten. And when they originally put them, we talked about this when we got there on the, the show earlier, mm. but the flashback that opens Return of the King with Andy Serkis, like as Smeagol before he became Gollum, originally was going to be a flashback insert in that moment where Frodo calls him Smeagol for the first time. Oh. I don't remember talking about Yeah, I, I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that on mic. Okay. That's it's been a while. Oh man, that would have been yeah. They was a it was a wise choice not doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. They they're just like it just bogged everything down. You don't need that information. <laughs> Literally, they're in a box. You don't need <laughs> to see that. <laughs> Noise. <Sorry. laughs> uh, no, I mean, like my my pet thing is tracking the the ring, the effect of the ring. Um, on different people as mental illness and it's specifically in Frodo because we Frodo over the course of the movies is the one that spends the most time with it on screen mm-hmm. but here we definitely have Gollum as like he might be a protector but he's also like really abusive yeah and horrible and his only goal is to stay alive like and get the ring I don't like when I am in like the depression zone tm i guess uh the the thoughts that have that i have in my brain it's like you don't have any friends i mean i've never murdered anybody but like you know you don't have any friends all these nobody likes you like that's straight anxiety depression mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. just the joy with which Gollum delivers that line in particular mm-hmm. he's so happy you don't have any friends it's so sad yeah. and it's I mean, you can read it because I think it's very easy to read this as depression because we're looking at one creature who's dealing mm-hmm. with this, um, you know, but there's also a way to read it as like uh, what an abusive relationship looks like, an emotionally oh, yeah. abusive relationship. Um, and I mean, you know, to a certain extent, that's what depression is, right? It's like your your emotional your brain just being like, yeah, you're, hey, you're just you your your emotional abusiveness with yourself, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, with your brain, your mm-hmm. stupid 
bum chemical brain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's, uh, I mean, either way, like you can read it both ways and it works. And that's, I think, why, you know, this movie works so well as uh, to make the audience empathize with Gollum. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a build that feels really organic. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time we get here, we've seen enough of both, like, there is some amount of Gollum that is willing to protect someone other than Smeagol. We see that in the Dead Marshes. It's selfish, but it's still there. And we see little flashes of, like, Smeagol being, you know, pretty pathetic. And then we get here and we see the clear difference between the two just lay it out for us like this it feels like it's the right place in the script for it to happen and it feels really natural when we see it (laughs) yeah like it it just feels like a really natural place the way the rest of the movie's put together because we've had we've had a smeagol Gollum conversation before right like very early on yeah we get the the really the really brief one uh when he turns around and screams at them like a cat yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's like minute what 12 15? yeah something like that it was like the inside the first second, 20 second or third week of being back at this so it just yeah this movie's really long but i don't know where else this would have to be <laughs> i i literally loaded the file that you're you're having and it said 355 it's like what do they have all the movies in here like i just <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, wish. I just could not believe how long this movie is. That's insane. Oh, man. Oh, well, my man. my sister just uh, just made me aware, uh, and I, I think she posted this in the group uh, that somewhere in Southern Maine they're doing a marathon of all three extended editions in a theater on oh, June boy. 9th. and I kind of want to go. You can go. It's. I mean, it's a solid like twelve and a half hours. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've sat down and watched them all in a row oh, yeah. before. Yeah. Like, more than once. Yeah, I saw I saw that. I saw that uh, that post and I saw your, you saying, I don't have anything to do that day. And I was like, good luck getting Cassandra to go. That's what well, I was I'm thinking. Gone, when I, saw so. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, that's so long. Oh. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Just eat popcorn all day. Oh. Watch 12 oh, that hours like of Lord of the Rings. I get sick of I I love popcorn for about fifteen minutes and then I'm like, okay, that's enough. I I I can't do this anymore. It's just mm, butter and salt. I turn I turn fast on popcorn. <laughs> I'm it's like it's like my favorite thing in the world. And then I'm and then I fifteen minutes later I'm like, oh, that's why I don't like you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> This is why I never eat popcorn. It's like fast yeah. food fries. As soon as they get cold, you're just like, Ugh, I'll pass, yep. I guess. <laughs> yep. True. Uh, I always I always feel so bad for Smeagol. Like, this, this conversation just straight up makes me laugh because the expressions are priceless. But the underlying <laughs> message is just Hands like, over his ears. I'm yeah. not listening. Mm-hmm. Not listening. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Uh, it's the it's the it's the shake of his head of just like the quick little shake of his head and then just the nope nope murderer go away 
Well, the way he laughs, too, when he's mocking him. Mm-hmm. I can't even replicate it. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a raspy exhale. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. I, yeah, I mean, he uh, looked... Smeagol acts like a child in this, this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A broken child. I... I am also I'm I'm so fascinated when people come up with really iconic voices like this, like Andy Serkis with Gollum. It's just where did this come from? Because I can't even imagine a universe where this voice didn't exist. Right. But I lived <laughs> it's it. Gross. It's yeah, kind of gross. I, I, I lived it for 17 years where this voice didn't exist. <laughs> And now that it has, it's changed the course of history. It has. It has. <laughs> uh, in in an interview, Andy Serkis said that he got the inspiration for this voice um, by listening to his cat throw up a hairball. So oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. That makes sense based on the top of tomorrow's minute or Monday's minute. <laughs> just a just a nice throaty like. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I can work with that. All right, Andy. All right. Good job. Especially because, like... It's a little we, gross. I haven't seen... I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm just picturing Andy Serkis, like, having his uh, had his filmed audition at his house. And he's just like, I don't have a voice yet, but I need to do this. I need to turn around. He's, like, looking... Desperately looking around his apartment. And then his cat is, like, in the corner going... <laughs> and he's just... And he just starts going... <laughs> and then does his line. Oh he's like, perfect. I've perfect. got it. Nailed Thanks, it. Thanks, Fluffy. <laughs> that cat deserves an award. Thanks, Mr. Snickerbottom. <laughs> Can wear a little blue ribbon. Inspiration for Gollum. Oh, I haven't because it's such a departure from like I haven't seen the the animated Lord of the Rings, but yet. But I've seen The Hobbit and Gollum in The Hobbit is frightening, but it's not his his the way he goes about his his lines is nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not at all. And even, it's like normal. Even it's normal. Even the way he says Gollum, like it's supposed to be a cough, right? But the way that the actor in the Hob- the animated Hobbit movie does does the golem golem bits does the goleming the goleming. Uh, it's I man no you're right I can't imagine a world where this this doesn't exist yeah this voice right? or where you can't quote wicked Trixie and faults at things occasionally. <laughs> you Hobbitses. don't have any friends. Stupid Nobody fat likes hobbits. you. Who are what's taters, eh? (laughs) We must starve. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Gollum. I love Gollum. Bless his heart. (laughs) Poor Smeagol. (laughs) But we have have more conversation on Monday. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, thanks for joining us today, Scott. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Where can people on the internet find you? 
Uh, I, I'm at I'm I'm at Scott Corelli on Twitter, and uh, I'm I'm also on DuelingGenre.com because I run the place. I run the joint, uh, <laughs> and and I I have a few podcasts over there. Uh, you know, Spider-Man Minute, which I mentioned, uh, I've, I've been referencing a few times. Um, we're doing uh, season two, so we're talking about Spider-Man two right now, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, you guys are are coming on some upcoming minutes, and those were a lot of fun. So at the very least, you guys should check out those minutes because those are fun. And uh, uh, Cassandra did not have fun, but though, but that's where the fun comes from. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, fun at my expense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you had fun. Um, I did not with the movie, but on the, on the, the no, with yes, the, with the podcast. It's always um, fun talking to you guys. Yeah. So uh, so check that out, and uh, yeah. I tried to. I just. I just tried to wrap up your own show. That's fine. Because <laughs> I'm on autopilot with podcasts. <laughs> it's because you're a podcasting machine. Scott. Yeah, I was just gonna be like, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there, like Scott said, as well as all the other Dueling Genre uh, podcasts. And if Movies by Minutes are more your bag, go to MoviesByMinutes.com. There's a bunch, my friends. So many. <laughs> we are getting ever closer to 100 every week. I'm, I'm excited that we're at minute 100. Um, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a good weekend. And we'll be back on Monday. We'll have to find out what the Bye. 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 Bye.